Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. Almost 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. Knowing we can rely on regular gifts each month takes some of the guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you're invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. What is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia for the gospel. Click the banner at vision.org.au or in the Vision app to find out more about becoming a Visionary Extra Mile Partner. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Christian author and speaker Dave Hunt said, Satan's primary tactic in opposing God is not to foster atheism, but religion. A perverted Christianity is Satan's ultimate weapon, he said. Well, in this he has succeeded because many, including Christians themselves, are unable to differentiate between Christianity and religion. To the discerning, though, religion is detectable in this, that it pulls people in the opposite direction to the cross of Christ. In religion, the focus is on self. Authentic Christianity focuses upon Jesus and tells us how we can enter into His grace by faith. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome. It's been an interesting week as we've looked at the subject of Escape from Legalism. I said earlier in the week, it sounds like a movie title, and sometimes it can be dramatic. And Ken, you just made the point that legalism focuses on self, but true Christianity focuses on Jesus Christ and does that by faith. Let's explore that just a little bit. What do you mean there? Well, I think it's clear that, you know, we are basically works-oriented. We always bring it back to this thing of, yeah, but what have I got to do? Mm. When you share with Christians about the grace of God being the basis for the Christian life, you know, the dynamic of the Christian life, a common response you get is, oh, look, I believe that, but I still think we have to do our part. (laughs) Now, okay, my response to that is, yeah, that's true, but what is our part? In fact, the Jews came to Jesus, you know, when he was talking about him being the bread of life and the bread that came down from heaven. And they still didn't get it. You know, instead of feeding on Jesus, they said, but what do we have to do to work the works of God? And Jesus said to them, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he sent. Now, that is a work for some people because it's so hard for us just to trust in another person. We always want to bring it back to ourselves, and we, we think there's something we've got to do. And that's why when you look at the scripture, you know, the Bible says the Christian life is a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. And Paul says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who lo- loved me and gave himself for me. Mm-hmm. And, and when you study the New Testament, you see that no human trait, if you like, is more commended than faith. Jesus didn't come down on anything heavier than unbelief. They're the things he was always chiding his disciples and others for, their, their lack of belief. In fact, there are two times in the, the Gospels when we read that Jesus marveled. The first time was when he could do no works of miracles amongst his own people because of their unbelief. Yep. When you think about it, they were Jews. They had a law-based background. And, and they were conditioned to thinking about, well, what have we got to do to get this, to get this to work? 
Whereas the other time that we read that word marveled, that Jesus marveled, is when a Gentile came to him, a Roman centurion, and said, will you come and heal my servant? And Jesus said, yeah, I'll come. But he said, no, you don't even have to come. Just say the word, you know, and, and uh, my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled. He said, I've never seen this faith, no, not in Israel. Now, this man didn't find it difficult to believe because he wasn't conditioned by law. He was a Gentile, you know, so he just believed, yeah, I know you can do this and, and I believe you and, and let's, let's just leave it at that, you know. Uh, and, and I think that the whole emphasis in the Christian life, as far as our thing is concerned, our part is concerned, is to believe what God has given to us in Jesus by his grace. I, I have a saying uh, that goes like this, Phil, there, there are going to be no high fives in heaven. <laughs> you know, we're not going to go up to Jesus and say, we did it. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me? You yeah. know, he did it. And the Bible says throughout eternity, we will be magnifying the grace of God, what he has done in our lives. Yeah. We find it so hard sometimes though, to get away from that idea that somehow we have to help God, you know, in the, in the matter of salvation. Yeah, that's right. In fact, a common thing that I come across is that, um, you know, to get God to do something for us, uh, to bless us or whatever, we've got to do something for him. There's a price to pay. You know, okay, if we want revival, we have to pray. We've got to fast. We've got to pray. We've got to give ourselves the lengthy times of prayer. Now, I can tell you, Phil, if that was true, we would have re- we would have had revival many years ago. I know people that have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I know people that have prayed their whole lifetime and they're now in their 80s and they've never seen revival. We've got this mentality, is this sort of slot machine mentality. Mm. You put your, your money in, you pay the price, and, and you comes. pull out the drawer, yep. and you get your commodity. You know, we, we, we see it with um, uh, things like fasting. Now, a lot of emphasis on fasting. If we fast more, we'll see the power of God. Um, well, as we said earlier on, you know, the Bible says that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. So the question is, if we do certain things, we'll have God's power in our lives. But if we believe the correct things about the gospel, what is the gospel? Yeah. What is the Christian life? That is the power of God unto salvation. But how do you do that? The, the differentiation between the two. Now, we're not saying here that fasting is bad. No. Uh, that, that it shouldn't be done. Yeah. But how do you say, okay, well, I will believe God? Yeah. Uh, that's a good point you've made because, I mean, there's no way I'm saying don't fast anymore, don't pray anymore, don't give anymore. You know, no, no way that we're saying that. But we're, what we're saying is what is your motive in doing those things. If you are doing those things to get things from God, you've actually stepped out of the grace of God. You know, you've come back into the realm of the flesh where you are relating to God on the basis of your works and expecting God to bless you because you've done something for him. You've actually stepped out of the grace of God. So it's not a question of don't do these things. It's a question of always examine your motive. Are you doing this because you think this will get you some favor with God? When the Bible says, You've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. So how can you get more by doing something for God mm. when you've got everything? Mm. comes back to something uh, we said earlier in the week about the fact that um, law looks at actions yep. and grace really looks at our heart, our motivation. How are we motivated towards God? And that, that's the hardest part for us because we've got to ask ourselves some tough questions and lay some stuff down. Yeah. That's right. I was approached once by a guy, um, a pastor. He's a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, he was in a meeting where I was speaking. He came up to me afterwards. He says, Ken, he said, I agree with everything you've said about grace. But? But, yeah. He said, <laughs> I, I preached it in my church. It didn't work. I said, what do you mean it didn't work? He said, well, I found when I started preaching about grace, people gave less. They came to the meetings less. They served less. And, and, and it just didn't seem to work. And yet I know it's true. I said, well, hang on a minute. I said, um, 
people didn't uh, stop doing those things because of grace. What grace did is it took away a wrong motive mm. that was prompting them to do things anyway. What you did in grace is you said you you are blessed anyway, whether you serve God or give to God or or do these things, you're blessed by God anyway. Yeah. So they came away and, and what grace did, it, it uncovered their heart. They'd only been doing those things to get something from God. They had a wrong motive, and that was revealed by grace. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we've got these things anyway, why would I want to do those things? Which is a good question. Why do we want to do anything for God when he's given us to uh, given to us everything freely in Christ? And there can only be one answer to that, Phil, and that is love. Yeah. And, and so that's all that God wants from us is love. He doesn't want anything that comes from an ulterior motive. I'm only doing this because I want to get something from God. God says, keep it. I'm not interested. You're blessed anyway. Hmm. Uh, he's only ever wanted a love relationship with us. And Jesus said that when asked which is the most important commandment. You know, He says, all, yeah. it's all wrapped up in love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And, and love, the two the key things that he, that he That's says. That's right. And we're talking about you know the Christian life works by faith, but Paul says faith works by love. Faith is a response to God's love. In other words, we know that we've been loved unconditionally and we entrust our lives to God, and, and, and we want to do so much for him because he's done so much for us. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. Now, this idea that grace makes you slack, grace makes you lazy, grace kind of um, makes you clock out of the Christian life, yeah. that's not true. What grace does, it if you've been doing those things for the wrong reason and, and out of a wrong motive, it'll expose that. But let me ask you this question. Who out of all the apostles preached most about the grace of God. Paul. Paul, of course. And, and he said this. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all, than all the other apostles. And then he says this, yet not I, but the grace of God which worked within me. Mm. And so grace did not make him a slack person. I can tell you this, and if you don't believe me, you ask my wife. <laughs> grace does not make me lazy. I work hard. I'm passionate about what I do, and, and I love doing it. But I don't do it to get something from God. I do it in response to what he's given to me so freely. And, and I want to just help others to share this wonderful grace and goodness of God. And so I pull myself into doing these things for that reason only, you know. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.